Hi everyone, it's Sam, NFT Statistics with your Proof Daily NFT Countdown. Bringing you the charts, the pictures, the stories that matter most every single day. Going to talk today about a bunch of interesting stuff. Ben Dow kind of getting into the picture. Uh, we're going to talk about taxes. First time talking about taxes, but we're going to do it. And we're going to talk about four really interesting sales that happened over the past 24 hours. Starting off with a quick market overview, volumes were down a fair bit. Again, yesterday was sure, two days ago, super inflated by wrapped crypto bunk sales. That's kind of unwound and now we're back to a bit more of a normal range. Unique buyers continues to go down. This is not a metric I like to see go down. I really think it's important that we get more ecosystem participants and that seems to be going in the wrong direction. And then this is really a painful chart. Prices have just been pretty brutal, especially in a lot of these large cap NFT PFPs. Uh, what you can see here down something like two or 3% again, but it's just really been kind of one direction. A lot of that weakness was in board apes as well as punks. Those are the two largest uh, members or constituents within that index. In terms of mid caps, a bit of strength in potatoes, a bit of weakness in Genesis creeps. The whole overall index was pretty flat on the day. One project that did pretty well, a bit of a standout, Crypto Citizens Official by Bright Moments. Nice to see that floor go from 0.6 to about one ETH. Uh, a bunch of people swept the floor yesterday. And one of the special, especially cool things is that this, this rally was not about airdrop farming. If you actually look at where the buying was, it was on OpenSea and it was trades where the buyer initiates the trade as opposed to the seller dumping on a bid. Normally when these are airdrop driven rallies, you see a lot of sellers dumping onto bids. Uh, you can look here at, at Azuki, you know, over the past 24 hours, more than 80% of the trades have been sellers dumping onto bids on blur. So that's a sign of a lot of airdrop farming, not what we saw in crypto citizens. So nice to see that in terms of art trades, not a whole lot. Uh, you know, three projects did more than 10 ETH of volume, a Fidenza sale, which I'll show you in a second. There's a Beeple everyday sale as well. Looking at those two, one Fidenza sold for 60 ETH. This was below the floor. That Fidenza immediately got listed at 75 ETH. So someone just kind of putting that bid and then trying to flip it. And then the next sale here, this is from Beeple everyday. This piece sold for 13 ETH. You know, this is again, you know, the, this is towards the lower end of the range for, for the Beeple everyday pieces. You've seen one 12 ETH sale over the past few months, but really, you know, over the past six, nine months, this is really at the low, low end of the range for that collection. Uh, second story to talk about, Ben Dow auctions get triggered. Now this chart gives a bit of the backdrop on Ben Dow, and this is the number of loans that have been taken against, or that have been taken through Ben Dow over the past six months. You can see it, Azuki, Bored Apes, and Mutant Apes. The amount of loans against NFTs has basically doubled just on the, on the Ben Dow platform alone over the past six months. Now, for those who don't know, what is Ben Dow? The basic idea is that if you have an NFT, and we'll use uh, board Apes in this example, if you have a board Ape, you can put it in escrow with Bendal, and they will give you ETH. They'll give you 60% of the floor price, and you can go do whatever you want with that ETH. The only kicker is that if the floor price gets lower and lower towards the amount of debt you have outstanding, within 20%, Bendal will trigger an auction. They will sell your board Ape, and they will take that ETH to pay back the lenders. So if you're someone who borrows, you have to be very careful that you have enough ETH to buy back the bar to, to pay off your debt as the floor price gets lower and lower. What's happened over the past day is 10 board apes have actually gone into that auction process. The floor got too close to the amount of debt owed. So there are now auctions going on for these 10 apes. Now these, a bunch of these are not floor apes. These are actually really interesting apes. So the hip hop suit, the robot fur, the cheetah fur, all pretty nice apes that are all under auction right now. How do the auctions work? They're 24 hours. If you want to bid, you can bid on the NFTs you want. You have to, in order to bid, you have to cover the amount of debt that the lender that the borrower took. And then the other piece is that the first bidder uh, gets a 5% bonus uh, if the person who owned the ape comes back and buys it once it's gone into auction. So if you own the ape and you have a really nice ape, you don't want it to go into auction, you really need to go and pay it off 
uh, before it goes in auction. Otherwise, you will get stuck with a 5% penalty uh, once it does. So something to, to, to be aware of there. Now, again, 10 apes are under auction right now. But as the floor price goes lower and lower, more, more apes will go into auction. If we get down to a 51 ETH floor price, which is about 15% below where we are, there are 165 additional apes that could go under auction. I imagine that wouldn't happen. The owners would come and buy them back as the floor price would get lower. But that's basically where we stand right now with just a 15% move. What this chart here looks at is kind of every 1% lower, how many more apes will go into auction. And the basic effect is it's just a lot of supply. It's a lot of apes that buyers you know, can buy instead of buying them off the floor or off exchanges. This is just another outlet. So it can be a little bit risky for floor prices. There's some beautiful apes, some grail apes that are kind of really close to being put up for auction. These four traits on the top, you know, trade at a really serious premium to floor. You know, the gold grill, the multicolor grill, also very interesting apes. We'll see uh, what happens with them. Um, one thing I would say, and I, you know, is that we've talked about Bendow before. There have actually been two times where Bendow has triggered a lot of apes going into auction. Both of those turned out to be great buying opportunities. There was a lot of panic. You know, once it happened, people all saw all the supply coming. And then out of the woodworks came people who just wanted to own nice board apes or floorboard apes. They bought them up and the floor prices, once that overhang was lifted, that floor price really rallied. You can see here, this is a historic floor price for Board Ape Yacht Club. You can see those two arrows are two times where uh, Ben Dow really kind of became the topic du jour on Twitter. And they turned out to really be nothing and really marked the bottom for that collection. So we'll see how this plays out. The history, you know, can indicate what could happen in the future, but sometimes it doesn't. So really curious to see how this one plays out over the next couple of days. Third story to talk about, the IRS issues guidance on NFTs. We're talking about taxes. Never talked about taxes on the show. We're doing it now. We'll keep it brief, but I thought this was interesting and relevant to us. The quick headline is that the IRS called for public feedback on taxing NFTs as collectibles. Okay, this is from Cointelegraph. Why is that important? There are a couple differences. Uh, if NFTs are taxed as collectibles versus other things that have long-term, short-term capital gains, the two big differences are one, they cannot, collectibles cannot be held in an IRS or an IRA or a, an I in your IRA or another retirement account. Uh, so that's a downside to it. The second thing is that long-term capital gains are maxed at 28% instead of 20%. So this is one that's probably most relevant for a lot of us is that you just get a higher long-term capital gain potential tax and short-term gains are taxed as ordinary income. So that's kind of the couple differences that exist there. There are a lot of uncertainties that came with what the IRS said, and that's why they're soliciting feedback until June. One thing they said is that with these, uh, with NFTs and taxes, there will be a look through to the associated asset or right for the NFT. And I think that this is really kind of thinking in terms of things like Roofstock, where your NFT gives you uh, access to a house or makes you own a house, or there's a physical actual thing out there that you own through the NFT. We've seen a couple examples of it. Obviously, a big question is what about CryptoPunks? What about Board Ape Yacht Club, Proof Moonbirds, where there is no actual real world object? You know, it all exists online and these are just digital assets. You know, so that's one thing that'll be interesting to see. They also use the term, the collectibles definition is any work of art or any other tangible personal property specified by Treasury. Again, you know, a Board Ape Yacht Club, a CryptoPunk, a Moonbird, these are not tangible assets. So curious to see kind of what the feedback will be there and how it will adjust. My personal take is that NFTs largely are collectibles. I think that collectibles, when I think of like the definition, the use cases that have really been proven out, chromie squiggles, art blocks, a lot of the art, it really feels like collectibles is the right definition, at least from a language perspective. So interested to see how this goes. And then the last thing to talk about is four notable sales, a couple art sales, a couple other sales. Let's get right into it. First, these other deeds sold for 208 ETH and 115 ETH. Uh, to nobody.eth. Again, if you're ever seeing sales in this market 
where very few grails are selling, where most things are floors. If you're seeing grails sell between 100 and 250 ETH, you can almost bet that it is nobody.eth doing the buying. He's one of the few whales who's just been buying kind of tons of apes and tons of other deeds. You know, so this, you know, again, this, this was him. What was he trying to do with these purchases? These two, these two other deeds are unique because they have artifacts that are very rare. Nobody.eth has now collected pretty much every major artifact aside from a few of the one of ones. So that's what he's trying to do here. Pretty massive sales though. Congrats to him and congrats to the seller on those. Uh, BTC D gods, uh, D god ordinal. I'm not even sure what we're calling them. This one sold for 3.52 Bitcoin. Pretty crazy. You know, these were auctioned off less than a week ago for 0.33 Bitcoin. So more than a 10 X on it. This is clearly one of the grails within this collection. Um, in terms of just comparing the sale, this sale was higher than any Bitcoin trade that we've seen for a Yugo ordinal for any Bitcoin punks. The only one, the only collection kind of of this category that we've seen with a higher sale that I know of, maybe there's one that I don't know of, but of the ones I know is Ordinal Punks, where you saw a sale at 11.5 Bitcoin. I've seen a bunch of sales at four Bitcoin around that range, but 3.52 Bitcoin uh, for this for this Bitcoin D God is a pretty incredible price. Frank D Gods did say he wants to be the best, the most interesting project on Ordinal. So I'm not too surprised to see these guys doing well. Curious to see how it plays out going forward. In terms of art, a sale to talk about this piece called Atlas by Anixta. She has a different name on Super Rare on Twitter. She goes by May though, so we'll just call her May. This piece sold for five ETH. A lot of her art is this 3D kind of imaginary world that really resembles world, but is, is dreamy in a lot of ways. From her website, she says, I have always used art as a means of escapism, the perfect way to step outside your mind for a moment and go someplace else. With 3D, that place can be, that or that someplace else, doesn't need to be a real place or even a possible place. And this is where I've settled somewhere amongst surrealism and escapism. She actually used to create world 3D worlds for video games and decided that she really felt more at home in the art space. Here's a lot of her work, really just kind of dreamy stuff. And she's had sales, a bunch of sales in the five to six ETH range. And then her top sale was a 9.1 ETH sale. So congrats to her and congrats to the buyer on that. And then the last sale to talk about, this one's super interesting. And the buyer flagged it to me is this piece called Quantum Gucci by Pinder Van Armin, sold for 10 ETH. Okay, what is Quantum Gucci? Why is Pinder Van Armin talking about Gucci uh, in his work? And the reason is that this is from a collection that was created in June of 2022 called The Next 100 Years of Gucci, where Gucci found 29 super rare artists, and each of them commissioned pieces specifically for Gucci, and they put them for sale under auction. Now, a lot of them didn't sell. You know, and there were two Pinder Van Armin pieces. One of them has sold. The other one still hasn't sold. That were that are just sitting there on that auction site for a 10 ETH minimum bid. And one of the you know someone just came in and went and bought it. Here is a here's a page, kind of a screenshot of the next hundred years of Gucci page. This is their OpenSea page where the ones that have been mint minted and bought actually live. You can see it was created in July of 2022. Uh, a couple of the other artists that sold right away. Alien Queen had a couple pieces that sold from 11 to 15 ETH. Vex had some pieces that sold from 20 to 25 ETH. And again, there's one more Pinder Van Armin that is up there, 10 ETH minimum bid, uh, but pretty interesting stuff. I'd recommend going and checking it out. It's at this website here, vaults, vaultartspace.gucci.com. They have a bunch of cool artists. You know, I think if some artist gets big over time, but maybe wasn't as big in June, who knows? Maybe you'll get some really interesting deals on their work. I thought that was pretty cool, pretty interesting. Nice to be introduced to that by the buyer. That's all from me. We are doing a Spaces at 2 p.m. Pacific on Twitter. Go on there, check it out. We're just gonna be talking about the show. This is our 50th episode. So 
kind of celebrating that, giving you all a chance to talk, give us your feedback, give us questions, anything you want to talk about, we'll be there. If you like the video, please like it below, give us a comment, subscribe to the channel, and we will be back tomorrow and every weekday with another show. Have a great day.